along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good day. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Colicchia. Keep it to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. New England's own Van Helsing. With me, my co-host, all the way from the penthouse, is the <laughs> blonde bombshell drinking her mer- mermaid warm below, uh, <laughs> and Garrigan. Oh, oh, that's long gone. Yeah, long gone, huh? The mermaid below is gone, 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 gone. I still got my end. Very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> We want to thank uh, the uh, winery. Oh, God. What's the name of it? I got it. It's right here. Oh, oh, I forgot the name of the winery. How can I do that? Westport? Is it Westport? Westport. Yes, Westport, Westport winery. winery. Yes, and Garden Resorts for ma- mailing us a bottle of wine. It came in the mail. I was quite surprised. So lovely. What a lovely, mm. lovely thing. And uh, this the Mermaid Museum out there, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right, so on our show is somebody I've known for a, oh, a long, long time. He is, I, I couldn't believe it. I went on his website, and, and he, he said he's been investigating the paranormal for 40 years. It's like, holy crap. He is uh, uh, a author of many New England legends, uh, ghost stories, and all kinds of cool stuff, Mr. Thomas D'Agostino. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing? Hi, good, Tom. good. <laughs> 46 years, is that right, or whatever it was? Let me look at that thing. Uh, 41. 41. Well, I'm only 40, I'm yeah. yeah, 41 years, because I'm only 42. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be difficult. <laughs> Wait a minute, how could you be investigated for 41 years if you're only 42? I started early. <laughs> uh, Straight out of the womb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boom. Right at it. <laughs> hey, uh, how, how did you get interested in, in the paranormal, Tom? Um, when I was a kid, well, first of all, we I grew up in a haunted house. Now, that'll do it. And, yeah, and I guess, you know, I had older brothers who loved horror movies and stuff, too. So, you know, that, that got me into it as well. So you got a haunted house and older brothers who love to scare you. Mm-hmm. Well, you have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. But when did you take it seriously, though? It's it's one thing to just, you know, be interested in. It's another thing to, you know, say, OK, I think I'm going to go out and actually investigate. Yeah. What happened was, um, I mean, I was always into it. Like as a kid, we go, oh, you know, let's go to the cemetery. Growing up in Greenville, Rhode Island, uh, it's a really country and they have all those little old historic cemeteries. But um, I really took it seriously. And 1982, when my friend had bought a house and I was in college and he said, hey, you want to stay in the house for the winter? You know, everything will be paid for. You just buy your own food and stuff because he was going to fix it up and sell it. Mm -hmm. But I lasted about six days in there because it was so haunted. (laughs) We just couldn't um, we just couldn't get anything done. I couldn't study. And um, at that point, I focused a lot on 
uh, different sciences to try and figure out what may be happening. You know, paranormal uh, is there's no paranormal science back in 1982. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it was more like yeah, it was more like I could do social sciences and physical sciences and astronomy and things like that and see you know if anything catches uh, that may make sense. Mm-hmm. You, you know, investigating so long makes you one of the more senior members of the paranormal community. Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> At least in this area, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just turned 63, so. <laughs> Did you wow. really? Wow. Yeah, like, like on Sunday, school? yeah. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm like ready for Social Security and Medicaid and all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> yeah, hey, what the heck, right? <laughs> Anyways. We're still uh, young. That's so, right. Were you, were you uh, you know, you went paranormal investigating your interest in the subject. So how did you make that jump into writing books because you've written 17 well, books 17 books is a hell of a lot of books let me tell you yeah i know i never thought i'd get past one but i, I guess it just kept coming mm-hmm. well the thing was we used to i used to play out also playing you know bands and stuff and during the breaks people would always go hey you know i hear you're a ghost hunter i hear you like we've got some cool places to go and I'd be writing them on napkins, you know, here, this is the direction, this is a cool place. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so finally I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book and tell people where to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And yeah, and, my, and the first manuscript was absolutely, completely horrible. <laughs> and I, I kept it for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, it kept it just for that reason. It was absolutely horrible. And then I called, you know, I got in touch with a few. On the 13th um, try, Schiffer published and said, yeah, uh, we'll take your idea, see what we can do with it. And they told me how they wanted it presented, and that's how it worked. <laughs> so, and then from there, you know, it just took off. Mm-hmm. Now, the first, that very first manuscript you did, did you write about the house in Connecticut where you were staying? You must have. Did you no, the first manuscript, I was living in Greenville, Rhode Island at the time where I was born and raised. That was like 1998. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, it was so terrible. I, I just didn't write for a while. I had other things, you know, had to go to um, divorce and then uh, it didn't just move around a little. And then um, still in music. And when I had time, I finally said, yeah, I'm going to write a book. Might as well get it over with. <laughs> and I and I stunk at fiction. I couldn't remember my own characters, so it had to be nonfiction. <laughs> you know, the, the good thing about nonfiction is that it's the truth, at least in your mind. So it, it's you can. It's I think they're easier to write than fiction because you, you're right. You you know you have something to rely on already. You know the story. Right, you know how it ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, and um, I was I was also you know a re- became a reporter, so nonfiction would make sense because when you're reporting, you got to be as you know nonfiction. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. What did you? What was your uh, specialty as a reporter? 
Well, um, I used to cover town meetings, you know, mm. like the select meetings and stuff. So um, that was pretty bizarre, more bizarre than the ghost story sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, I've covered a lot of those meetings. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, and then 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 I was a food critic for three years. Oh, fun! Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they 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 pay me to go eat. <laughs> I, I could go for that. Yeah, it's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Wait a I wonder if they have uh, critics for strip shows. Oh, Ron. No, there oh, you Ron. go. Right? <laughs> you could, you could, you know. Uh, of, uh, what you could do is you could say, hey, you know, go to a newspaper and say, I'd like to uh, do a column. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right strip clubs. Yeah. Hey. You never I, know I, who. Oh, I already got the title for it. The Naked Truth. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> no, boy. I, I found a new career. I'm good. You, you there you go. There you go. See? Coming out of <laughs> retirement, done. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're a mess. Oh, you you want to hear a story? It's like, uh, well, we all know from my book, Ghost Chronicles, and uh, uh Wendy Reardon, of course, in her school on uh, pole dancing that, that I investigated. But I, mm -hmm. I also played hockey, and one of the guys, or a couple of guys in the, on the team, had their own band called Dap Samuel. And so they wanted me to make a video for them. So I came up with this great idea to go to a strip club. So I went in the strip club, which they paid for, and, and shot all ah! this video. <laughs> hey, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I have a, a, a basis for it anyway. Um, so you you grew up in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, you know, Rhode Island for a little state has got a, a lot of stories with it. Uh, you, you know, of course, a lot of people associated with the vampires uh, and so forth. Uh, and I know you wrote a book on, on vampires as well, correct, right? Yeah, and we actually did a documentary for Fox uh, this past August, uh, last October it did, with uh, Dax Stoker was in it, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, yes, it was, uh, it's known as the, the, the vampire capital of New England. Yeah. <laughs> Rhode Island. Yeah. Is that got to do with Mercy Brown, or is it is it primarily because of that, or...? or... If you dig deep, it's yeah, it starts with Mercy Brown, but then they get into like the Tillinghast from 1799, the Rose family from 1874, um, the uh, Nancy Young family from 1826, and um, then it goes into the fact that the, all the ones that were the vampire they found in Preston, Connecticut, I mean, not Preston, um, Griswold, Connecticut area, the one that they actually uh, dug up. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there's a couple of others, <clears throat> the Ray family, they're all from Rhode Island also originally. Mm -hmm. And the ones from Vermont also are from Rhode Island. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool stuff. See, I mean, good. Yeah. A plethora yeah. of vampires yeah. is what I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, the gentleman I, I met years and years ago, Dr. Bell, uh, also wrote Food for the Dead, which is on uh, the vampires as well. Uh, and he was oh, yeah. 
Cranston, Rhode Island uh, Historical Society at the time, I believe, too. But uh, yeah, that Rhode Island yeah, he, seems to be the vampire capital of uh, New England, anyways, <laughs> if not the United States. Right. Well, <clears throat> supposedly Rhode Island is the vampire capital of New England, and New England's the vampire capital of the world. So, what does that tell you? <laughs> oh. oh, wait a but minute. It, I think Transylvania yeah. would argue with you. Right. On <laughs> uh, they only had one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but a hell of a guy. Apparently that was <laughs> he had a collection. Right? Yeah, yeah, Michael Bell and Saxon, whenever I find a new discovery, I, the first thing I do is get on the horn with him and you know let him know in case he doesn't have it. Oh, he's, he's still around then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he lives in Florida. In yeah, Florida? He's, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's retired to South. He, he's the guy who, you know... Pretty much the number one man of you know vampire history around here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was he was intriguing. That I've had I've actually had that book on my shelf. He gave it to me years ago when I did one of my first conferences out the Houghton Mansion. Uh, contact, uh, he was there. Wow. Yeah, which was first time I met him. Maureen didn't like it, but that's another story from that. <laughs> Bad vibes. Dark, very dark. Don't, don't, don't say that guy, that, that guy bites. <laughs> uh, Tom, Tom, do you think there's a reason that there's this abundance of vampire people associated with vampires in Rhode Island? Is there a, like a, a link, a commonality? Yeah, because we, we first we get the, the, this is the original colonies, you know, this area, the first settled area. And uh, in Rhode Island, you had religious freedom. Mm -hmm. Rhode Island was founded on religious freedom, so there'd be different religions. Therefore, different people were, were making their way in, different cultures, and then with different cultures come different superstitions. Uh -huh. And um, when the so-called vampire thing happened, the... Um, you know, there was no cure for tuberculosis or consumption, as they called it. So these people went on superstition and um, it just went from there. Ah, OK. Yeah, the, the vampires are interesting, but uh, I, I just have to add this. In, in the, and I think this is something you should pursue, Thomas, because being you're, you're a guitar player, right? Mm hmm. No, those Hollywood vampires could use another guitar player. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That, that <laughs> yeah. is, I, I just learned about that band. That is, that is simply amazing. You've got uh, the guitar player from uh, uh, Errol Smith. What's his name? Um, Joe Perry. Joe Perry. You've got Joe what, Perry. Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp, and uh, Alice Cooper. <sighs> yeah, that's yeah, that's wow. And, yeah, and, and Tom D'Agostino. <laughs> yeah, but they could use that. You know, I, could, I, I play the hurdy gurdy and the sitar. Are you kidding? They could definitely use a multi instrumentalist there. Yeah, what, what they make it really creepy. What a, what a group that is, huh? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sorry. I, I found that out I, the other day and I just like blew my mind. So I, I, I that's what they're talking about being probably just, I just had to get it out. What but group anyway. is Okay, so I yeah. haven't heard of this. What group is this? It's the Hollywood Vampires. Hollywood Vampires, that's the name yeah. of the group? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that. See? I mean, I know all the guitar players, certainly, but... Look it up. Look ah. it up on the phone. Yeah, there you go. Let's mm -hmm. check it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I saw I saw an interview a, a, a interview with Perry, and he was talking about uh, you know his Perry project, I believe it is, and also mm-hmm. you know Ty, uh, Errol Smith being his number one love. But uh, you know he also mentioned that he played in this other group out in California called the Hollywood Vampires. Yeah, Hollywood Vampires, love it. That anyway. Cool, yeah. Going back I to, did a show with Jack Osborne last two years ago now, yeah. Really? Did you really? Yeah, with his son, yeah. Um, the, the Fright oh, Club, wow. remember the, the, the TV show Fright Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I awesome. did an episode with him. It was ah. pretty funny in the end. Yeah, because he makes a really funny joke, you know, about me in there. And it was it was really you know so I loved it like oh, that's great got a great sense of humor I love it. <laughs> so Tom, I've been meaning to ask you this for years and years and years. Your your bio picture was is always the same. It shows you standing there with a long coat on, and your long hair standing in front of a a uh, I don't know a trellis of some sort or a gate of some sort. Where where is that, Tom? Oh, that's a, that's my peacock chairs. We have a set of those old Southern peacock, metal peacock chairs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we have them out in the back lawn, you know, where yep. we sometimes we'll have dinner, we'll go out there and eat. Yeah, so it, it, that's what those were, the big peacock, metal peacock chairs. <laughs> oh, beautiful. For some reason, it reminds me of Spidergate Cemetery, which I promise. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, my, my hair is still long. I've never cut it since 2002. Oh, oh God, God bless you! How wow, you that? that would drive me nuts. Yeah, no cut, no trim, nothing since 2002. Wow! <laughs> my God, how long is it? I don't know. I'm almost to my waist, pretty much. When it's it's very curly, so when it's straight, it goes down almost to my waist. <laughs> Holy cow! Because mm-hmm. your hair falls I, out naturally. <laughs> but how can how can you uh, how can you sleep in it without sleeping on it? <laughs> I mean, you turn it over and it's like, oh, yeah. I'll pull my head off. <laughs> yeah, well, I put it in a ponytail, and I figure, you know, so many women have long hair and everything, and they don't doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother Arlene. She just puts it in a ponytail and goes to sleep, so why can't I? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. The only thing so it sucks I, is when you're eating, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If it falls in front of your face, it's like, ah, you got to put it back behind you. <laughs> So Eileen has been your partner for quite a long time. And uh, how did you uh, meet her? Um, in 1985, she came into the music store I was teaching at and wanted to give her a son guitar lessons. Mm-hmm. And I just saw her and that was it. I just fell head over heels. And then we became friends, became best friends. And we were both with someone else. And uh, we both actually got dumped at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we did. And uh, and then we uh, a little while later, we started dating. And um, it's funny because my ex used to work for her. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. And, and her ex was and, and um, her ex was my divorce lawyer. Was, uh, <laughs> we were all friends. Yeah, and, and Arlene was actually my wedding photographer when I first got married. <laughs> wow. That is yeah, huh? crazy. Now, see, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I don't have to write fiction. I got... 
Yeah, wow. we were all best friends. And every time we'd go out together, they'd see me and Arlene together and my ex and her ex together like they were together. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Apparently all meant to be. Evidently. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So, Tom, uh, you've written 17 books. There's a hell of a lot of books, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, thanks. And you've done, on top of this, you do investigations as well, right? Yes. Including your own house, which is haunted. Yes, yeah. In fact, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've been, really there, right? I've been to your house. Yeah, you did. Remember, you were, yeah, you came... So some, some uh, about 2010 or 13, you were, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, when, I, when you get old like me, things kind of blend together. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was sitting here thinking <laughs> about your house. And yeah, I remember something about sitting on a bed and doing some EVPs or something or whatever. Yeah, right? that long painting couch, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was... That's In the cool. second reading so, room, yeah. How, how long have you lived in that house? We've been in the house about 16 years. And it is haunted, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bona fide haunted. Neighbors will attest to it. <laughs> Neighbors, everybody will attest to it. <laughs> so, I mean, evidently there's nothing malicious there. How, how do you deal with it? Well, um, you get used to it after a while. It's like we know there is nothing malicious. And it, it's actually um, a couple of the former owners, uh, several of them, and they just make a, you know, every so often you make a ruckus, you hear them talking, you hear the same thing a lot, the children playing in the hallway, <clears throat> uh, the desperate two voices, like, because it was also a, a nursing home at one time, a convalescent home. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, and then you'll hear some, you know, someone downstairs banging, but just strange things. You know, we'll be sitting there in a <clears throat> cellar door, just slowly open, like someone's coming upstairs, and I'm like, we got a bench against it now. <laughs> <laughs> that solves that problem. <laughs> but also, yeah, also because our bunny always tries to get it open too. He, we have a house bunny. That's funny. Aww. Yeah. From yeah, the he's, Playboy Club? Hmm? From the Playboy Club? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he, he's never ever going out of his litter box. And so he can run around the house. So any time, no matter where he is, if he's got to go, he just makes a beeline right for his litter box. I didn't know you could train rabbits like that. That's amazing. He trained himself. He didn't. He did it right from the get-go. Wow. It's a clean rabbit. Yeah. You know, I, I think I could live in a haunted house except for the bathroom. I think, yeah. yeah. I, if I would take that bathroom, I would put like 16 coups. The big sided uh, holy water. And, uh, hang on, Mike, please. A lot of times, as you know, our bathroom's way at the end of the hall, way at the other end of the house. And either Arlene or I will be in there, and uh, you know, always hear a woman go, hello, uh -huh. just outside the door. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, glad she's and I'll, outside. Sometimes I'll think it's Arlene, and I'm going, I'm in here, you know, but then when she hears it, there's no other woman. So. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. My goodness. That would be the only thing that would creep me out, I think, living in a haunted house. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, eventually, I, I imagine. Do you talk to the, the, the spirits that are there? Or? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, they're like, can you leave us alone? we got to get some sleep type thing, you know. <laughs> I like that. Well, how are you doing tonight? When we get in, you know, sometimes. and. <laughs> 
But they, they mostly they, they like the house and they like what we've done to it because we keep it looking like 1910, you know, when it. Yeah, I, I remember it was really cool if I remember it right. Yeah. Yeah, we've done to you know lengths to make it look very, very, very old. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, we're coming up to the break, so I don't want to get into too much. Uh, so, but I do want to talk about some of the the uh, stories in your books and things as well. Um, but you know, oh, I had some good news. Tom, uh, Tom told me that earlier when I was talking to him on, on the thing, he, I have a silver tone guitar. He says, Where's some money? Ooh, nice collectors item. Yeah, those are collectibles. Ooh, I'm a collectible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, funding your retirement, you gotta go get that checked out. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, I pull it down and uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, that was my my uh, days back when I was in the band called the Night Crawlers, K N I G H T. So, oh, <laughs> typical sixty stuff, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways, we do have to take a break. So you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation, right here on uh, Tojanet uh, with Ann and Ron, and our special guest today is Thomas D'Agostino author extraordinaire 17 books you try writing 17 books <laughs> i don't know anybody who has other than no i don't know anyone anyways <laughs> uh we are brought to you by circles of wisdom 286 memorex street with Thiller, massachusetts the glant messier family law group 15 high street north andover massachusetts and our very good friends on ghost chronicles radio on patreon uh you too can become a member like john john one of our longtime listeners of the show is a member and you have access to uh, special videos. And speaking of that, uh, Anne says that she will be doing special Patreon videos uh, for us. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Uh, but anyways, uh, also uh, go to Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member of the Didier Society. Three bucks a month. You keep bastards. Go spend the money. <laughs> mm -hmm. We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest this evening, author and paranormal investigator, Tom D'Agostino. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> so, Tom, uh, of the 17 books that you have written, uh, what are some of the, the titles and, and what, what are the, the subject matter of some of them? Um, a lot of them are like uh, from haunted the states of New England, like haunted Rhode Island, haunted Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire. And then we got pirate ghosts and phantom ships, abandoned villages and ghost towns, uh, strange New England, which is really cool. Got like 60 something stories of some of the strangest people or things that happened in New England. Really? Our latest book is, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. You know, like the last highwayman. They, um, he was a school teacher, and when he died, he just wanted to be buried right away, and they didn't. They found out he was um, actually uh, Captain um, Lightfoot. Huh. Oh, Captain Lightfoot? Yeah, yeah they had, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Captain Thunderbolt. His, his partner was Lightfoot. Hmm. Yeah. Thunderbolt, Lightfoot. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Thunderbolt, yeah. And um, yeah, his, um, John Wilson was his name. Things like that, like a lady who left her whole fortune to a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Damn it>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's unusual. How did the, the Ouija board spend it? Just curious. <laughs> I, I don't know. They, they, the, the actually, they tried to search for the person she had been communicating with and see if he actually existed. And they didn't in the aunts and uncles, I mean, uh, the nieces and nephews contested her aunt, you know, last will and testament. And it took a few years, but they finally won because they couldn't find anyone to give the money to, not even a ghost. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy didn't didn't have a ghost of a chance. uh, Yeah, I know. God, that's bad. (laughs) God, that's crazy. So that, which book is that, uh, Tom? That's called Strange New England. Oh, I like that one. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's like even has the guy who tried to move his house across the ice, and uh, they had to stop because it got dark. And then, unbeknownst to um, anyone, the uh, mill owner of the where the dam was let some water out, and the house broke through the ice and sank. Oh no! And it's still there to this day. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really cool stories like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of cool ghost stories, you know, and a lot of cool strange things that people. Um, uh, the guy who was afraid of being buried alive, so he made his own tomb with all kinds of, you know, bells and whistles and windows and. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. the one up in Vermont. Yeah, that one's in Vermont. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of stories of, you know, witches and vampires and um, uh, the guy who uh, dug his own grave four times. What? <laughs> what? How yeah, he finally ended up being moved. He dug his grave, it caved in, he dug another one. Um, he finally died. And uh, then he figured he'd be there forever, but then they moved him and they moved him. And so he's listed in the cemetery records twice. Oh, wow. That's bizarre. In two different cemeteries now, yeah. <laughs> you know, did you know the you know the three kings from the, the uh, Christmas, right? Yeah. Do you, know they, do you know they traveled farther in, in depth than they did in, uh, when they were alive? Wow. Oh. Really? Their bodies kept moving from one place to another, to another, to another. They were given like from one prince to the, to another, to a king here, and then they're in a. Oh finally, wow! Yeah, they're finally in what? a huge shrine in uh, uh, one of the Slavic countries. I can't remember which one it is, but uh, no, yeah, that's they, interesting. They all over the world. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. So I, I noticed one of the things you mentioned, um, Tom, in Strange New England is. The New England's uh, only stigmata victim. Oh, yeah. Socket. Little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Ron and I went there many years ago. She's got a half of my dollar bill. Yeah. Oh. Maybe you can go get it. I know. So uh, it was little Rose. It's what they call her. Yeah. Marie Rose Ferrin. Yeah. That was... I've never heard of anything like that ever in my life. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, we did go there and, and uh, Ron had to leave something at her grave, even though I don't know if we were really supposed to do that, but he there did. Was all other money there, I didn't take any, so that's a good thing. Well, that's true. You didn't take any. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyone would be upset now with the inflation and all that. It's, you know, you're half a dollar's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get changed my, my dollar bill. So she didn't have change for it, so I just ripped it in half. I have the other half of my wallet, which has been there for ever, whatever, since we've been oh, there. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Wow. I also have a mysterious dollar in my wallet that has some green writing on it in a language that no one's been able to decipher. And really? I've, had that, I've had that one uh, for years and years and years. Uh, yeah. So I've studied some languages, but you know, I don't know. Maybe no, next I should, time I see you, take a look at it. I should shoot that a picture of that to you then. And have you oh yeah, yeah that's a good idea. <clears throat> see what I yeah, see what I can find out. So why do you think it's a language? I mean, is it? Symbols, letters, what no, it's letters, it's letters, it's it's actual words. I mm-hmm. guess they're words, they yeah. look like words, they're writing, it's sentences. Yeah. Um, but nobody's been able to decipher the language, not Spanish, not French, not German, not Polish, not no one's been able to decipher it. Well, maybe it's a not puzzle. Latin. Maybe it's hmm. it's like a cryptogram or something. I have no clue. Like a you know. Like I, oh. I, I had jumbled. people <laughs> unscramble some uh, cryptograms at Spirit Quest last year in the escape room. Oh yes, oh. it could be some kind of code. Could be a code. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Send me a picture of it. I'll mess with it. 
There you go. See? Maybe I'll post it somewhere. I think it put it up. Yeah. I mean, post it on your site. <laughs> yeah, if it's not a language, it's probably some kind of cipher. Mm. That's my thought. Those right. are fun. There, it's a word though, so it's it's script. It's not like it's block language. So it's script. So mm -hmm. they're words. Yeah. Okay. Which is intriguing too. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, uh, I I've had a couple of cases where language has has been strange. I there was a Ouija board out of Lowell, Massachusetts that uh, one day in the back of it had uh, Portuguese written on it. Uh, it just ended up with Portuguese on it. So. Uh, and then the, another one, I had a a, uh, a investigation that they would find this symbol written in the dust, and like you know, well, I shouldn't say that, but yeah, you know, you know how dust can sometimes get in your house. <laughs> oh yeah. no! <laughs> so it looked like somebody somebody uh, had mocked this symbol into the dust, and it happened several times, and. Uh, <laughs> I sent that out for on the internet and also gave it to Steve and everything to figure it out. And uh, nobody's coming up. The closest I've come up with is uh, Omega. Uh, that's the symbol for Omega is the closest I've come up with. Uh, so, but strange. So, um, got back to, I don't know what the hell we were talking about anymore. Because <laughs> I, I went down a rabbit hole or two. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about Tom's books and your latest book you were about to say, and I think I cut you off somewhere along the line. Your latest book. Oh, is the, la the latest book is coming out in August. It's called Haunted Highway 44. Oh, oh. And it covers all of Route 44 from Plymouth, Mass to Kerhonkson, New York. I didn't know Route 44 went that far. Yeah, neither did we at first. <laughs> Actually, we I um, I've lived most of my life, no matter where, on Route 44, which is kind of strange, or right off it. Hmm. Yeah, we live off Route 44 now in Putnam. I used to live right on Route 44 in Johnston. Um, I lived um, right on Greenville Ave, which is uh, right off Route 44 <clears throat> uh, my whole life, and. Um, uh, the store, my brother's store that I help him at, is right on Route 44. Oh wow! In a bait uh, store, we had a, a you know a sporting goods store, and that was on Route 44 also. Hmm, interesting. I did an investigation apartment on, on some house out there that was pretty weird too. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> when you do when you do a uh, book like that now Route 44 so what does it cover does it cover just ghost stories on Route 44 and or is it covered all kinds of strange things and how do you research something like that because it, it's you said it goes all the way from Plymouth to New York I mean that's a long run how how do you physically be able to research something like that well, I start with, um, it will cover like, you know, UFO sightings and all kinds of other stuff, cryptids and things off the path too, like like not, exa not exactly on Route 44 in some cases, like uh, the Nathan Hale homestead. You know, that's not on Route 44, but it's in Coventry off Route 44. Mm -hmm. But um, I, we, we have, um, I have a library of over 2,000 old books. Mm. 
And you oh, start in that, yeah. And, you, and we're all mostly in New England. And we start with that, looking through there to see really cool things, especially the federal writers projects. You know, they have like the road tours and then they throw in legends and stuff. <clears throat> then you can go online and look at, you know, different sites and, and where they have, oh, this place is all that place and see if it has any validity. And then you start calling and talking to the people in historical societies wow. and um, <clears throat> libraries. And then you just get out on the road and go to the places and talk to people personally and see who has anything else to offer. And one thing does lead to another. You know, you go and you're talking about one thing and someone will say, oh, but wait, there's another cool place you may want to check out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I find that too. I mean, I started the documentary yeah. before COVID hit on uh, on sea monsters and lake monsters, and I, I started, you know, and I started, you know, I started with the most famous, of course, was the here in New England, the Gloucester one. So I went there and there, and then I kept going. People just kept telling me stories, and then I was up to Lake Champlain, and I got video and. Mm -hmm. uh, interviews with that and then all the way up to Maine. So it, it, they kept coming and growing. Once people know what you're doing, that they, they have stories they want to tell you, which is, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know yourself. I mean, like uh, when I when I served on the the, the uh, board of the Harvard Pilgrim Appeals Board, I served with the, the top enchilon of uh, Harvard Pilgrim, you know, the, the lawyers, the administrators, the uh, the head doctors, the psychiatrists, psychologists, and they all knew what I did. And I always had to come in early and tell my stories, but they always had their stories too, that they just were, you know, it was a safe environment to tell people. And do you still find it's the way, or do you find more of a, a kickback nowadays? No, everybody loves to talk about them. A long time ago, they didn't. Like when we wrote our first book, Haunted Rhode Island, there's so many people, I was just playing Haunted, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the book comes out and they're like, wow, why didn't you put us in? Because you hung up on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, now everybody wants to talk about it. Oh, of course. Wow. It's, it, it's, I think it's hot and, hotter now. Uh, back then, I found it easier. But now it seems because there's so many of these shows out there and, and, and so many people think they're ridiculous, uh, you know, that don't believe in ghosts, that that, uh, you know, if you, you mention it, that like, oh, I don't want that Scooby-Doo crap in, in our, associated with our uh, building or, or whatever it is. So, you know, I, I find yeah. a, a pushback from that end of it. Uh, and there are, there are some. Yeah. You know, because the, the proliferation of these uh, reality ghost shows uh, has, I think, caused some damage to the yeah it's uh, a double-edged sword i know yeah it definitely is and and there are places like that would wouldn't want that anyway like we went to a place right near us that has been known to be haunted since like 1810 um and when it was uh the vernon styles they would they were like wow yeah this place is haunted. come in you know people investigate blah 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 then uh, someone else bought it, turned it into an upscale wedding venue, and they don't yeah. want to hear anything about it. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Out of that. Order. Go away. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and a lot of people are so into it that, I mean, wow, you know, it's like, okay. They, they probably make more money <laughs> promoting ghosts. I, I think it does, especially now, now uh, our environment now that, the, yeah, the, the, ghost hunting is so popular uh, i think it would be but you know you got 
a lot of ghost stories in your books. Which one do you find the most amazing to you? Um, the one I still love the most um, is still the Ramtail Factory in Foster, Rhode Island. Because oh, yeah, like... of the, yeah, it's still, that's the one we wrote a whole book on. It's the only one we ever wrote a whole book on. The original Ramtail Factory or the new Ramtail Factory? The original <laughs> Ramtail Factory from 1813, uh, 18, 1810 and 1813. Um, and then what's left in the woods, the, you know, remains of the village and the, and the uh, wheel pit and, you know, the pieces of the factory. And it's haunted by three spirits that I know of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's still the story behind it, you know, how it came to be and how it came to be haunted and the two suicides in the factory and another mm-hmm. drowning in the river and um, all kinds of stuff, you know, it's just, wow. It's a very almost romantic and tragedy, you know, at the same time. You, you know, as, as, as much... It, as I know of that place and how popular it was, uh, I, I have absolutely never been there to the thing. I know the Johnsons were uh, tour guides there at one time, and but we never were able to hook up. And that's one place I've always wanted yeah. to, you know, take a look at uh, just my own edification. Well, when yeah, I actually I know every single building was, and I there I can show you the remains and even some that. A lot of people didn't even know they're just in the middle of like brush somewhere. And um, we took a, um, we actually took a chain out there, uh, Gunter's chain, to, but it's a half chain. It measures the rods because everything was oh, yeah. measured in rods back then. Mm-hmm. So I could take the rods from one area and everything and, and then match it up with the descriptions. Oh, wow. That's clever. Oh, yeah. That's a great Have you idea. Oh, go ahead, Ann. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, people don't think of that. You know, we we touched a little bit about uh, on the international show about the language, you know, uh, you know, ghosts, you know, why would they speak language of uh, today's when they were like Tudor ghosts or, or ghosts from a different period or, or Puritans? And, uh, you know, it, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that's why we when we get we, we actually use reel to reel recorders too now along with the regular. Oh, I love digital. that! I really? love it. Yes, that's the yeah, way. We got to four go. of them. I good man, good man. So Tom, I want to ask you: is, Has there ever been a place, in, not necessarily in your book, but you were thinking about putting in your book, uh, that you went to? It had a huge reputation to it, but you went to it and you were like totally disappointed. Um, yeah, I don't really get disappointed, but yeah, a lot of places like that where nothing happened, like places like that, that, well, you know, from that movie, that house in Barville, which, uh, we used to live there and knew that all the people who've owned it, um, I've never had anything happen. The conjuring house is. Yeah, that's what they call it. We, yeah, when yeah. I wrote, I wrote about it in the very first haunted round, but I, I wrote a little, it was only a paragraph or two. Mm-hmm. And it was called the Richardson House back then. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, and we got to know the Sutcliffs and the Perrins, you know, and everything. But, and uh, there's a few other places, you know, we've gone to where people are going, what, nothing happened? How could nothing happen? It's the most haunted place in the universe. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we were wearing the wrong shirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or maybe we turn around and leave, and they're all like sticking their tongues out at us, you know, and, and, and giving us the raspberries, and we didn't see it. I, <laughs> there's been in many places like that. That's what happened, Ron. That's what happened at the place you're thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I was so psyched about going there when Ann said she was taking me there. It's like because I had heard so many stories about her and all these legends that went there. It was like, oh my God, this is. <laughs> <laughs> there was the bras that were hanging on the ground <laughs> there you go we, I went somewhere with your son Ron me and Arlene and him a long time ago we went to um, Marblehead we were at Marblehead and he came down to you know hang out and uh, we went to get um, what is it Screeching Lady Cove oh yeah 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 and I was dead set on finding Screeching Lady Cove and all I could picture was like going onto this beach and seeing these giant cliffs where, you know, her ghostly shrieks echo over the whole <laughs> cove and ocean and everything. And these people lead us to it. And it was literally about uh, 12 feet wide <laughs> with two <laughs> buildings and all rubble and junk and, and everything. Uh -huh. And, and you sound put it perfect when he goes, I've never been so underwhelmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's exactly what Ron said. That's what Ron said. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. so cool. <laughs> hey, it happens. Well, that's, you know. that's why we like visiting the places too, because I could put like, you know, on this beautiful place where the cliffs run and the screeching echoes around the abound and everything. And all you can't, and you look down and it's the size of a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bob, let me ask you this. I don't know why, but it just popped in my head, of course. Um, you played a guitar. Do you ever do you ever think of like, you know, on a ghost hunt using your guitar as just to, I don't know, just to play it and see what happens? Actually, yeah, but um what I what I want take is the uh hurdy gurdy. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Um, yeah, very good, yeah. Yeah, um the concertina. Mm -hmm. And uh, like old instruments like that, because even though that, you know, even it may not be an old, old ghost, but they, those are more natural to uh, span time and they're folk instruments. So they'd be more likely if somebody was there as a musician, they'd be playing the hurdy gurdy or the um, the bode psaltery or, so, or the dulcimer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's easily recognizable. And they're smaller and easy to carry. Is a yeah. is a hurdy gurdy like an accordion kind of thing? What is no, it? No, it's got a it's got a crank on it. Oh. And it and um you crank it and it sounds like bagpipes and a violin and then you play the keys like a piano. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Yeah, that it's, you know, it's like the monkeys. Yeah, but that's a different one. That's a, they call that an organ grind or a square yeah, thing. This is uh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 okay. yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is you. a more medieval one. You can look them up. They're awesome. <laughs> ah, I got two of them. We did a house up in uh, the Lake region. It was one of the oldest in the town out there. I think it was one of the, the founders actually had, had the house. And it was, it was a big history behind it. But we had uh, locked off uh, a room and went to supper. And we came back and we, we listened to the video. And on it, we heard like hopsicles playing, which was kind of interesting. Oh, wow. So I, I, I thought that was interesting. I, I could imagine, you know, Tom going with his hurdy-gurdy, doing a little thing, you know, and it, 
come back with like a little deliverance thing, you know. Do, do, do. All I can think of in my head is you said the monkeys is like I actually do have like four banjos from the eighteen hundreds too. I should bring one of them and never know. Absolutely. But I'll just bring like a whole concert and you know, see who sits in. Yeah, there you go. Um so you, when you investigate, and I've seen some of your video footage, which is, uh, you've caught some interesting stuff on. Uh, uh, I've seen a couple of your presentations before, so I, I know you get some good results. Is, is there one particular result that really astonished you? Uh, you find is your, your most compelling uh, piece of evidence? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a few of them. One, the, one of them that uh, was pretty cool was... Uh, the one at the Tavern on Main, it shows a, uh, in Patchett, Rhode Island, where it was actually taken by a kid who was with us uh, investigating. He, it was a friend of ours, his son's friend, and he wanted to do it so badly, so we let him come, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he set his camera up in that room, and it just shows something getting up <clears throat> uh, from a chair, walking around the corner and, uh, and, and into the kitchen. And... Um, what happens is the, it's funny because it couldn't be something from the windows or outside because the windows are very small and broken up by walls, and this was continuous. And then um, we had also one that uh, we were at the Colonial, the Concord Inn and Colonial, the Colonial Inn and Concord. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, <clears throat> this was in October, I think, or something, or maybe just before that, mm-hmm. and we were doing one of the dining with the dead events and I got it on camera. There's a flashlight on the mantles and Arlene's talking about something. And she says, can you, can you, are you here with us now? And the flashlight turns on. Oh, wow. And it, it's behind everybody. And the flashlights that we use are mag lights. We don't yeah. use like those cheap ones. You can like hit the table and it lights up. Right. They're mag lights because we want them to be able to work when we need them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah, that was really interesting. Unfortunately, we run and, out of time. Uh, so if people wanted to find out more about you, Tom, how can they do that? Uh, they can go to www.tomdagostino.com or diningwiththedead1031.com. Yeah, what's with the 1031? Halloween. Uh, oh, I get it. Now I get it. Wow. <laughs> Cheers. And that's yeah. when we were married, so we were also married on Halloween. So. Oh, I yeah, that's love right. it. That's so cool. Yeah. Love anyway, it. so we do have to wrap it up. But uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I tell you, one of the best uh, pieces of evidence I ever had was uh, at, at the uh, old manse in Concord, and that was when I was given a presentation to about thirty people, and a book come flying off the bookshelf behind me into the crowd. So thirty people saw it. Anyways, we got to go. Uh, thank you, Tom, once again. You're you. listening, you've been listening to oh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, uh, brought to you by our good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon and Circles to Wisdom, 286 Memorick Street, in Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. Good night, everyone. God bless. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. <laughs> 